My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. One of my biggest mentors told me, Drew, you know, your, your 20s are for learning and your, you know, your 30s are then for earning. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with the director of Kaifu Property, Drew Evans. Discover how at only age 19, he was able to save a $39,000 deposit. As well as this, he'll detail how to fast track your wealth creation through instant equity and prove that if you plan for the worst case scenario, property investment should be as easy as pie. Kaifu Property is a business that aims to help you along your property investment journey. We basically help people generate truckloads of equity as quick as possible um, through using property investment. Kaifu Property is just, uh, um, I guess, a foundation company. Uh, the, the, the better question, I guess, is the types of programs that we actually run. So, uh, you know, we, we run programs called Automatic Equity, um, Equity Developer, and Equity Builder, which is the three different levels of programs. Uh, depending on all, all of our clients, uh, because everybody's at a different stage uh, or level of their investing career, uh, so we've got a tailor-made program for each and every person. The catered programs offered allow for individuals to get good results and achieve their property investing goals. It's more than done for your service. Mate, I've been working in, in the property investment industry for the better part of a decade and uh, my experience, Tyrone, is that people, uh, as much as they want to get educated and have mentors and stuff like that, they're probably more interested in actually generating the results. So that's what our business is all about. You know, education for us is a natural um, uh, process of dealing with us. Uh, but really, people come to us to access the best results possible. You know, hence uh, our names, you know, Automatic Equity, Equity Builder and uh, an Equity Developer. The name Kaifu Property definitely catches your attention, which is one of the reasons Evans chose it for his business. It was uh, made probably about six or seven years ago. Um, I was actually in in China at uh, a property conference there and uh, Kaifu comes from the word meaning uh, prosperity, wealth and riches in, in Mandarin. Uh, came back to Australia and I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. But um, it's kind of a, a unique name so everyone can sort of go, ah, what, what does it mean and it sort of kickstarts the conversation. For Evans, no two days are the same. This is because he has such a large range of clients. Mate, normal day sort of starts off by, uh, you know, sort of checking emails, making sure that I'm on top of everything with the team. Uh, you know, having a debrief with my business partner, Damien, uh, in specific relation to where, you know, the property opportunities are. Uh, and then it's a case of trying to catch up with as many clients as possible. Uh, you know, finding out, well, what are their goals? What are their objectives? What are they trying to achieve? 
Uh, and then a big part of my day is, is tailor-making a strategy uh, to make sure whatever property, uh, I guess, we're recommending to our clients is going to help set them up, not set them back. So uh, my role at the moment is very, very varied, uh, but it's all about getting the best possible results for our clients uh, to make sure that uh, you know we can help set them up and they keep coming back to us time and time again. All of this hard work and effort that Evan puts in every day pays off. Yeah, we've been pretty lucky, mate. We're, we haven't had to spend too much money on, uh, on marketing, advertising. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of client success stories that, are, that have been featured in all the, the magazines recently. You know, So your investment property magazine, uh, smart property investment magazine, and, uh, and back in the day, um, API as well. So, I mean, you know, you look after your clients and, and the rest sort of looks after itself. So we're very fortunate where we do have such a high uh, referral, word of mouth. We're very much about building long-term relationships with our clients. Uh, where effectively we become the go-to property guys uh, for uh, for everything that they need. Evans grew up in Africa, but after his family faced a violent close call, they moved to Australia. I actually grew up in in a country called Zimbabwe, uh, which is in uh, in Africa. Um, I was at boarding school, grew up uh, you know my whole life there until I was about fifteen. And uh, unfortunately, it's a bit of a sad story, which now is now is a positive. We uh, I grew up on a farm with my family, and uh, basically I was at boarding school at the time. Uh, my old man called me and said, Drew, you're not going back to school. Uh, you know, Dad lost the farm. He got badly beaten up, was almost killed. And uh, we moved to Australia in, uh, in 2001. So uh, most of my life I grew up in, uh, in Africa. Um, in Australia, I've been in, uh, in Newcastle, uh, in New South Wales, as well as uh, now I live in Double Bay in Sydney. So, yeah, quite a, quite a different background, I guess. The move from Zimbabwe to Australia did not disrupt Evans' work ethic. As soon as he arrived, he continued to work hard. I came straight into uh, school, into high school in Australia, um, so finished that. Then uh, I went into business college, um, did that for 12 months, then into university for three years. And uh, mate, throughout that time, you know, when you turn 15, you have the choice of, uh, you know, playing lots and lots of sport, which naturally I'd love to have done, um, or to, uh, to start working, um, you know, in part-time jobs here and there. So that's actually how I uh, managed to get into property, actually, is uh, I was working four jobs at the time. Uh, you know, from 15 all the way through to probably 19 and, and saved up my first, uh, well, $39,000 for my deposit, which got me into property. I guess, uh, I mean, not to sound corny, but, uh, you know, hard work pays off in the end. While working to save his first deposit, Evans had a large variety of jobs. Managing my, uh, my parents' houses, uh, you know, so I, uh, I had a, quite an awesome deal when I was at university, which really got me sparked into property investment. Um, they actually got into student accommodation. So part of my job, one of my jobs rather, was... Uh, to help them renovate houses. You know, we bought a couple of houses and they were three bedrooms, four bedrooms at the time, turned them into eight bedrooms. And uh, one of my jobs was to uh, to manage the properties. Obviously, I'd sublease them to my buddies. And as opposed to my parents renting out the house, you know, on a standard residential lease, uh, they'd rent it out on a per bedroom basis. So uh, as you can imagine, having three properties like that, the, uh, the positive cash flow was absolutely insane. So that's how I started, yeah. And then working in pubs, working in farms, mate, uh, you name it, I've sort of done it, I think. Working in restaurants, cleaning dishes. The dedication and perseverance that Evans displayed while working can be shown in his younger self. I've always had a sort of entrepreneurial streak in me. Um, and that, that's all the way back to, you know, when I grew up in Africa, you know, my little brother and I used to go fishing and, you know, catch fish and sell it to, uh, you know, the local markets, you know, all the way through to growing cabbages and, and all that in Africa. Um, and then uh, I guess when we moved to, uh, to Australia, um, you know, businesses such as internet businesses, trading shares, uh, obviously now there's cryptocurrencies and things like that. Um, but I've always had a knack for working for myself uh, and sort of thinking outside the square. 
um, in relation to actually setting up my own business in relation to, in relation to property, um, I didn't do that straight away because uh, I guess one of my biggest mentors told me, Drew, you know, your, your 20s are for learning and your, you know, your 30s are then for earning. So I actually took uh, one of the lowest paid jobs I've ever had uh, working for a, a real estate company. And, and the reason I took that job was uh, to learn all the cool things uh, when it comes to property investing, you know, so things like your renovations, subdivisions, strata titling, um, you know, not just simply buying property, holding and waiting. Let's take a look at where Evan's property investing journey began. I've uh, been investing in property for the better part of a, a decade, I guess, or in, in the industry rather. But um, how I first got involved, Tyrone, was, uh, you know, I was a, a professional traveler, if I'm being honest. <laughs> you know, went, went to... Went to, went to university and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So, uh, you know, at, at the time, my parents said, hey, you can, uh, you know, take a gap year, which, uh, you know, I rushed at, uh, and then got the travel bug. So I'd travel, come home, uh, you know, work part-time jobs, get enough money, go traveling, come back. And uh, on the last stint that I did, uh, it was all based around um, uh, property investing. So I actually started working for Newcastle's biggest house and land developer. Um, you know, throughout that time, I sort of rose through the ranks very, very quickly uh, but then got to understand the intricacies of exactly what was involved and uh, not to go into too much detail, but I didn't necessarily agree with the, the business practices uh, that they uh, endorsed and so I sort of moved on and, and uh, moved, from to, moved to Sydney from there. Although Evans did not agree with the ethics of this company, his time working there did equip him with valuable knowledge about property investment. Yeah, mate, I was there for about oh, probably about 15 months uh, and when I first started remembering, I had no experience, no knowledge about how the industry worked. I just had a I guess, a desire to, to make money out of real estate, watching what my parents had done. Uh, my role was basically, you know, you, you get a, a complete stranger, uh, you walk into their house and basically find out what their goals, objectives are and uh, I guess coach them to come into the office to, to speak to somebody at the time uh, who was more qualified than myself. Um, now, that's not a, uh, I guess, a business model that I endorse or, or believe in by any means today, uh, but it did give me the grassroots as to how property works and how the industry actually all comes together. From there, Evans began his property investing journey. I actually started when I was at that company and I bought a, a, a townhouse on the central coast, um, which mate, at the time, it actually remained flat for oh, mate, the better part of five or six years, didn't actually do anything. Um, but I guess understanding how that bad uh, experience happened, I moved to, to Sydney and actually worked for one of the biggest companies um, who focused on purely on education. You know, How do we actually educate our clients to do different types of strategy uh, you know, in order to generate generate wealth through using property. What they would do is they'd charge an astronomical fee up front to join, in inverted commas, their mentoring program, um, which when I first started, mate, was unbelievable. You know, we were doing things that really uh, benefited the clients in a, in a really, really good way through the different types of strategies and the different property opportunities. But as that company grew, I guess the, uh, the types of deals that were presented to our clients changed significantly, where I guess the benefit shifted away from the client uh, to... Uh, effectively uh, to themselves as a corporate entity. During his time working for this company, Evans started to build his own property portfolio. Where started off by doing you know very basic sort of uh, development, you know a normal four bedroom house and land, made some money out of that. Uh, then you know did something a little bit more cool and did you know building two four bedroom houses by doing a, uh, a strata title subdivision in a regional town. Did very well out of that. Then more blue chip real estate, so blue chip property in Newcastle, blue chip property in, in uh, uh, Brisbane. Uh, but what I realised, Tyrone, is buying blue chip real estate, you kind of like you know buy, wait, hope and pray that it goes up in value. 
Um, so as uh, I guess time progressed and obviously the savings and equity built up in my portfolio, um, I then got into more uh, development type stuff where you know, building two four-bedroom four homes on a corner block and doing a Torrance title subdivision. Uh, all the way through now where we, you know, we're using duplexes and mini development as a, to fast track that wealth creation uh, sort of strategy. To further understand Torrance titling, let's explore a deal that Evans made. The first one uh, was actually a property in, in Canada. Now, it was a 2,000 square meter block and uh, the precedence all around it, which is what you always need to look for, was 600 square meter blocks. And so, in my head, being a little bit inexperienced, I figured, hey, I'll buy this 2,000 square meter block, put two four bedroom houses on it and then subdivide it being, you know, 1,000 square meters each, which then once it's subdivided, uh, they have their own individual torrents title, which means you can sell them individually of each other. Unfortunately, uh, lack of experience is those properties, uh, you know, you couldn't subdivide them uh, to be torrents titled, but you could strata title them. So the easiest, uh, I guess, relation to that is if you imagine buying into a townhouse complex or a unit development where there's a body corporate or a strata, you know, that's what normally is a, a strata title where you have some sort of shared space, you have to contribute to the sinking fund, the admin fund, and so on and so forth. So traditionally speaking, uh, in, in the housing market anyway, we always try and aim uh, for Torrance title subdivisions, subdivisions, not necessarily strata title subdivisions. For some, it may be surprising to learn that it is common for housing to be strata titled. If you buy and build and develop a duplex, for example, you know most duplexes are strata titled. The rea- reality of the matter is that you are the only owner, so it's like you're setting up a body corporate for yourself. Uh, do you know what I mean? But if you ever wanted the opportunity to buy one, sell one, uh, sell both, keep both, um, you know, you really do need to have that option in place uh, where the bank would take individual title over one duplex half or over one property, you know. So uh, the example of my property in Gunnada, I, I still own both. I haven't set up a body corporate because I'm setting up a body corporate with myself. But when I intend to sell one, uh, there will need to be a community management scheme set up uh, so that the person buying one of the properties, you know, we can share the common expense of, you know, the driveway, for example. So it's very minor stuff, but um, it's it's just an entity or a legal structure of how the property is actually owned. Throughout his time investing, Evans has been on a massive learning curve, and he shares one of the biggest lessons he's learnt. I'll give you an example of uh, the development I did in uh, in Newcastle. Now it was a very very successful development, and I made a made a lot of money. Uh, but uh, one thing that I did, which I guess your listeners can take a lot of uh, value out of is I got very emotional about the development. And, and I'll give you a few examples. So uh, the first thing I did is I found the land first, um, which is uh, which is good. Second of all, I went to a uh, an architect and I've got specifically architecturally done drawings uh, to see the highest and best use of what I could do on that block of land. Now, with the actual technical plans comes a huge expense. I think that cost me about 25 grand in the end. Um, the second thing I, I guess I didn't really understand uh, was the implications of a sloping block. Now, this uh, block from the top to the bottom had about a one and a half meter fall on it, uh, which I didn't think would be a big deal. But when you talk about the cost of development construction, you know, it added a huge, huge, huge amount of uh, cost to actually doing it. You have significant retaining costs, um, you know, retaining walls, especially because I was doing a mutual subdivision at the time. Um, you know, so the retaining walls is, is, is a huge cost. Second of all, you've got things like your drop edge beams, which not to get too complex is like your split foundations. You know, so the, the builder can't come in and, you know, just do a site scrape straight away and pour a slab and off you go. There's certain site preparations that you actually need to do uh, in order to make that worthwhile. You know, small things like there's a huge amount of trees on the site as well, um, which I didn't think would have a huge implication. 
Um, but all these sort of things start to build up. Now, what I did is I actually went and got architectural plans, uh, which I said cost me an absolute fortune. I then thought that I would uh, learn the ropes and I actually put my um, DA approved plans out to tender. Now, that tender went out to seven different builders. So as you can imagine, you know, if you have a look at your inclusions with seven different builders, seven different types of products, uh, there was a discrepancy of over $212,000 for the exact same DA approved plans. You know, so it took me hours and hours and hours to research, well, what does this builder do that that builder doesn't? What does this builder do that that one doesn't? What are the quality of the fixtures and the finishes? So for me, that was another huge, huge thing. Um, I also didn't really understand at the time, you know, what the implications were for things like your council contributions and your headworks charges. You know, so as as your listeners may or may not know, whenever you're adding density to a site or to a, to a parcel of land, the council puts their hands up to improve the surfaces in the area. You know, that's for your local schools, your libraries, your parks, uh, your green space. Uh, and then you've got other, other people that you have to deal with, like Hunter Water, you know, to increase the, uh, the sewerage and the water facilities on the actual sites as well. So all that sort of stuff, whilst I had a good understanding of it, I didn't really understand the, the, the implications of how much that actually impacts on your bottom line. So the learning lesson for me in hindsight is it's good to find sites, but if you approach builders that have already got the specific housing designs that would suit that particular uh, type of land, that's a huge, huge thing to do. Uh, I also spent a fortune on landscaping, and I know that's really weird, but at the time I wanted to be uh, you know, a young gun developer where I could drive past and you know, almost be, I guess, a little bit egotistical to show family, friends uh, about how good I am as a developer. But in all reality, I, I drove past three months later, and you know, the, the, the tenants don't look after the property like you would look after your own home. You know? So that was a complete waste of money. Looking towards the opposite side of things, let's take a look at one of Evan's aha moments. I've always heard of a lot of clients that you know spend an absolute fortune doing renovations and subdivisions, and made some people have made money, others haven't. Um, but my aha moment was when I did uh, you know that that development in, uh, in Newcastle, where um, I had a look around where I was, I was working at the time, and literally within the space of you know 15 meters, there's all the professionals that are needed to, to do a successful development or a successful project. That's things like your acquisitions team, your finance, your legals, your accounting. Uh, and that was my aha moment, which is why I really endorse, I guess, the, the forcing equity on a portfolio now, where realistically, mate, I've made in excess of, you know, my latest deal, $165,000. And literally, Tyrone, all I've had to do is sign some paperwork. Like, it's phenomenal. So uh, my aha moment was like, listen, if you've got time to sign some paperwork, get prof- professionals around you to, to sort of do the rest. I mean, to a certain extent, I've, I've done it all myself as well. But uh, if I was to speak to my younger younger self, I'd say, hey, listen, take your ego out of it. Learn from people that have already done it, that are happy to share their experiences, their mistakes, uh, and more importantly, their successes. So, you know, you can save yourself five, six, seven years uh, by making this, the same mistakes. Evans pushes the importance of learning from other people's experiences. This is why at the start of his journey, he took in as much information as possible. I'm a bit of a sponge when it comes to listening to all bits of information. Uh, but with that comes certain challenges because uh, you need to sometimes look at the, the hidden agenda behind certain information that's publicly available. Uh, but I've always been a huge YouTube fan and it's not specifically related to property, but it's more so right around things like your mindset. Uh, you know, Because when you're investing in property, certain setbacks and challenges are inevitable. But it really, in order to create a successful journey, it's, it's how you actually overcome those. So myself, you know, I sign up to pretty much every market commentator there is uh, in Australia, just through their YouTube channels, uh, you know, through their magazines, through uh, looking at stuff on the internet, on their websites. 
But I also make sure that I look at um, factual-based research, you know, so things like your RP data, uh, your core logic, your um, your core DELs, BIS shrapnel, um, SQM research. So these these types of research houses don't have a hidden agenda. They purely make, you know, their publications based on the facts. You know, things like, uh, you know, BIS shrapnel that comes out once a quarter, their white papers. Um, so that's where I sort of do, you know, you look at market trends, you look at market commentators, uh, but realistically, when it comes to property investing, you always want to start at looking at the macro drivers. You know, what are the population doing? What's the infrastructure doing, both public and private? Where are all the jobs getting created? And then in my own personal portfolio, I then look at all the micro drivers. What's the demand and supply? What's the yield variation? What are the vacancy rates doing? What are the days on market and how quickly is this actually going to sell? What are the demographics of the people that are going to be buying this property or reselling it to them? So. There's quite a, a huge array of different stuff that I guess I follow personally, um, and it really just comes down to uh, how much time you have to sort of do it all. Coming up after the break, we'll explore the strategy that Evans used. There's five steps uh, when it comes to actually growing a portfolio. We'll discover what was holding Evans back from investing. It's probably just the lack of funds to get into it. We'll hear about the personal habits that contribute to his success. I think, uh, mate, life is full of a bunch of habits. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Hey. Let's be real, deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So, I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with low risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. When Evans and his team are looking at investment opportunities, they make sure to follow the PIE principle. One of the things that we do now is uh, I have a full-time acquisitions team. Uh, so my business partner, Damien Lee, he heads up that team. So their only job, Tyrone, is to research the markets and find opportunities um, that specifically are going to help set our clients up. Where, where I guess I sort of fit in is my role is to make sure that uh, from a strategic point of view, certain properties are going to help sort of set you up and achieve your goals um, above others. So when we do look at uh, any type of opportunity, it, we always follow the pie principle. You know, so property investing should be as easy as pie as a starting point. What's the population? What's the infrastructure? And where are all the jobs, the employment nodes? We then dive down into all the micro factors. Now, every opportunity that we look at will have anywhere from sort of 30 to 50 pages worth of research and due diligence on the opportunity. And this is one thing that I guess that uh, it's really important for all your listeners is you should always do your own research and due diligence. And myself personally, and this is what I endorse to all of my clients, is you know plan for the worst but hope for the best you know on a worst case scenario is your portfolio going to be okay you know if you don't have tenants more so when you don't have tenants not if interest rates are going up when interest rates going up you know things like that if you're going to be okay at least that way you know on a worst case scenario 
and you're absolutely going to be able to weather the storms, which I guess is inevitable in any type of property investment. The pie principle is one strategy that Evans uses. Let's take a look at another. Our focus on is, is predominantly like you know, time poor professionals that earn good money, they know that they need to do something in property investment, they just don't have the time, the resources or to be honest, the experience to do it all. So our, our value proposition, uh, I guess if you like, is we talk about adding the value, double the value of your salary to your property portfolio every 12 to 18 months. So in 2018 and, and moving forward, I reckon for the next two to three years as a minimum, the market cycles are going to get you know a lot lower and slower, meaning that you need to come out ways of adding or forcing value to your portfolio to allow you to, to continue to grow. Because at the end of the day, it's it's really simple. There's there's five steps uh, when it comes to actually growing a portfolio. You know, you save up a deposit, you invest in a property. That property then goes up in value or generates equity as quick as possible. Step number four, you get that equity out. And then step number five, you rinse and repeat the whole process over and over again. So my personal uh, strategy now, and this is obviously what we endorse for a whole bunch of clients or all of our clients, in fact, is how do we get through step number three as quickly as possible, which is the equity creation phase. Now, once you get your equity, you, you have the option. You can either move the property on and, and realize your profit, or you can actually refinance that property to get your equity back out again to continue to grow your portfolio. So our value proposition is how do we get through step number three as quickly as possible. In order to get through step three as quickly as possible, Evans uses three tactics. The first tactic we use is instant equity. You know, and this is what I like to say, well, if you're investing in a property, how are you making your money going into a deal? You know, just recently we helped a client make uh, in excess of $205,000 because we looked at comparable sales in the area versus what our construction costs were. And on completion, based on comparable sales, they will make $205,000, which is huge, right? So instant equity. The second thing or the second tactic we use is uh, mechanical momentum. So this is where business forces, not property forces, but business forces are driving the value of your real estate for you. And I'll explain that in a second. And the third tactic we use, which is unfortunately what most property investors use, uh, the only tactic they use is market maturity. And that's obviously where you buy a property and you know over five, seven, 10, 20 years time, it goes up in value. So market maturity for us is definitely something that we focus on by buying in the right area, the right location, the right type of property. But we then add the other two tactics being how are we getting instant equity and how are we getting that mechanical momentum to drive our equity creation forward. There are three key strategies that Evans applies to his business. Our whole business is about generating equity as quickly as possible so that you can continue to grow your portfolio moving forward. Now, the first thing we look at is instant equity, which is if I buy a property for you know, 695000 upon completion, it's going to be worth $900,000 as an example. The mechanical momentum, if I'm paying $349,000 for my land, then I know that due to business forces, not property forces, it's going to be worth $415,000 in the next six months. And the last one is the market maturity by making sure we're investing in areas that have good long-term sustainable growth because it's the market maturity that's going to allow your property portfolio to double, triple in the future. Evans then uses these three aspects in the three programs offered at Kaifu Property. We have three different programs. So I'll start at the bottom, which is uh, you know the equity builder program. So that's for someone that's just sort of starting off, they want to learn the basics and they probably don't have the financial capacity to get into bigger and better deals just yet. But the whole intention of that program is to get people enough equity 
so that they can give themselves options to get into those bigger projects. Um, so that's uh, that's the starter or the foundation program we have. Our core business is uh, you know the um, automatic equity program. Now that one is all designed about well, if I invest in this type of opportunity, how quickly can I get my deposit back out again and move it rolling forward? You know, so that's probably our core business where we spend a lot of time. And then the third program is the uh, the equity developer program. So this is somebody who's got a little bit more experience, got a little bit more money behind them, and they're probably wanting to get into bigger bigger projects because they have the financial capacity and the experience to do so. There's three different levels of programs depending on your personal circumstances, and uh, I guess the way we've set it up is I want to make sure that whenever you deal with myself or any member of my team, you are guaranteed to make money. At the beginning of his property investment journey, Evans only had one thing holding him back. To start with is probably just the lack of funds to get into it. If I'm being honest, um, I've always been a huge, huge believer, and this has probably been um, you know, sunk into me from my parents, where they said, "Drew, uh, you shouldn't work as hard for your money as your money should work for you." Um, which uh, you know is easy easier said than done when you don't have a hell of a lot of it. Um, but there's nothing that really has held me back other than having the right team around me and the right psychology um, to get the funds together to actually invest in property. Not having the funds is something that holds many people back from property investment. Evans details why this is in some ways to overcome this obstacle. Well, I think it's just due to lack of experience as well as obviously not having the funds but also not maybe thinking outside of the square. You know, so. When I speak to a lot of our clients uh, and remembering that everybody's different, so uh, you know the, the hardest part of getting started is getting your first one or two properties because you have to save up the cash. Secondly, that you can obviously utilize some of your equity. Or the third thing, uh, or fourth thing rather, is you can utilize somebody else's equity, or you can do like sort of JV type of opportunities, uh, which has been really good for some of our clients. So uh, joint ventures, I guess, you can either contribute um, your time uh, or you can contribute your experience. Um, now. I guess for me, it's not something that I endorse if I'm being really honest uh, once you've got a bit of money because uh, I guess our experience is, uh, or my experience rather, is if you do have the funds, you're better off doing it yourself because as soon as you start talking about joint ventures and special entities and things like that, it comes with its, uh, its complications. Uh, but if you've got the time, the energy and the resources to go and do all the running around and find specific opportunities, then you can team up with somebody that's already got the funds uh, you know, and, and work out a scenario where hey, if I put the entire deal together, if I manage absolutely everything, uh, you could work out a percentage split of the profits or something like that. And that's where I guess it comes down to individual negotiation. Um, you know, I get approached by uh, developers all the time asking to do joint ventures with myself. Um, and one of the common ones is, you know, if I'm doing all the research, all the due diligence, putting the deal together and you're funding something, you know, a 50-50 of the profit um, upon completion is, is normally a good JV. Um, but it really just does depend on I guess the person putting the deal together, the experience that they have, the funds that the uh, uh, the money partner's putting in. Evans has been fortunate enough to find mentors that have helped guide him. Both myself and Damien have got some great mentors. Uh, because we've been in the industry for the better part of a decade, uh, you know, Damien and I want to get into bigger and big, bigger and better projects. So a few of our mentors are people who are already in the game, already doing what we want to do. Um, you know, so that's all the way through from land development, through to townhouse development, through to unit development. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those sayings, you know, if you want to find uh, a good mentor, find somebody that's already done uh, what you want to do and, uh, and get advice from them. Although it can be challenging to find mentors, it is undeniably worth the effort. We're fortunate in the fact that we've been working together with some of them over the better part of a decade. Um, but just, just the other day, I, I won't tell you his name, but uh, I, uh, I connected with him on Facebook. And I said, hey, listen, mate, listen, I know this is out of the blue, but I've always had so much respect for you. 
can I please buy your coffee uh, and just have a bit of a chat? And uh, I guess there's absolutely no harm in, no harm in asking. And uh, Tyrone, listen, mate, two days later, I was having coffee with him in Double Bay, uh, getting his personal property advice and also advice about uh, businesses. And this, this, this particular guy, mate, features on uh, you know, your money, your call every second day on, uh, on Foxtel. So it's, uh, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And that comes with a, a lot of aspects in property investing in life, I guess. Throughout his journey, Evans has received priceless advice from his mentors. One one I had recently is I, I get a lot of clients that, uh, oh, Drew, listen, I've got 25 properties. I want to get 200. Uh, and, and a part of me is like, oh, you know, you don't want to get 200. You want the result that it can generate for you. And, uh, and this is where, I guess, our business philosophy is very different to those types of investors and those types of edu- uh, investment companies where best advice was, uh, you know, an old mentor of mine said, Drew, uh, cheap is not affordable and cheap is cheap for a reason. Uh, and that's always stuck with me because uh, just because something is cheap doesn't make it better. And that comes the same as buying cheap property to cheap construction to cheap development. Um, everything has a price, and it's that price for a reason. So that was a that was a good piece of advice, which has really stuck with me. Um, another one is don't ever sell anything unless it's preventing you from doing something else. Uh, that stuck with me as well because uh, you know throughout my, uh, my my personal portfolio creation is I've I've made some mistakes. Um, and I've always been forced with the decision, do I sell them now uh, or, or do I keep them and hope the market turns? Uh, and that's always stuck with me. Don't sell anything unless it's preventing you from doing something else. And I guess the last one, uh, which I guess is the theme of this whole sort of uh, uh, podcast, is if you want to do something, find people that have already done it and get them to mentor you or get them to show you how they've done it. And uh, what you find, and this is what I'm, I'm experiencing on a daily basis, is those who are successful love to give back and help other people do what they've already done. You know, not only from a, an ego trip, but also, you know, there are genuinely people out there that want to help. As well as getting advice from his mentors, Evans also finds advice in other resources. The book that's probably made a big difference, this is a, over a decade ago, was, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, which uh, as investor, everyone should watch. Um, I've, I've read Tony Robbins' books back to front, uh, front to back, numerous different times. Uh, you know, my library is full of personal development books, not necessarily all related to property, but more so mindset, psychology, um, and that type of thing. All the property magazines, uh, you know, I'd sign up to them. Um, I'd also encourage everybody to sign up to um, all the valuation companies, uh, you know, like uh, Heron Todd White, for example. They come out with a, a monthly report or a quarterly report. Um, of the state of the market from a bank's perspective. Now, we've got to remember, you know, banks are always, always more conservative, but it gives you a good inclination of, of where the, the finance market's heading, where the valuation uh, results are heading and things like that. So uh, I'll, I'll definitely follow those. And then all your property uh, investment um, uh, publications, you know, so Urban Developer is a good one. RP Data is another good one, you know, so um, I, uh, I study that religiously, even though the challenge with a lot of these results is that they're all historical. And, uh, you know, as sleazy as it sounds, when it comes to property investing, you can't make your decisions based on the rearview mirror. Uh, you know, you need some foresight. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. My latest development, mate, uh, you know, I made in excess of $135,000 in six months in a market that was only performing at 2.35%. So, you know, just below inflation. So, again, it really comes down to, to having experience about what information to take on board versus what information to, to factor in. But, uh, uh, almost uh, ignore to some extent as well. Evans views property investment as a vehicle to help him achieve his goals. Mate, I love to work hard and play hard. <laughs> That's probably, probably not what listeners want to hear, but um, 
No, it's, it's, it's all about mate, making sure that your property portfolio doesn't impact on your lifestyle. Uh, it is going to set you up. Um, and uh, mate, there are going to be some inevitable setbacks and some inevitable challenges. But if you have a professional team around you that have pretty much seen every type of property, uh, there is uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, it's definitely a very good starting point. For Evans, property investment has allowed him to live his desired life. I now live in, the, I'd like to think, the best suburb in the whole of Australia. So I live in Double Bay. My, uh, my property portfolio pays for every single bit of living expense that I have um, in uh, living in Sydney. It's, it's allowed me to sort of start up a, a, and not not have to rely on an income uh, to start up a business. Uh, mate, I've got all the fancy toys. Uh, you know, I go on two or three overseas holidays every single year. Uh, and I'm not worried about you know funding my property portfolio because I've got the right buffers in place, I've got the right strategy in place, and uh, mate, yeah, I've been very, very, very fortunate. But I'd love to uh, obviously love to help your listeners as well. Looking forward to the future. Evans has a lot to be excited about. Mate, I'm really excited uh, for well, personally. Um, you know, the I guess the access to different opportunities now I have is, is a lot better than ever before. Um, so personally, you know, the things that I've learned over the last decade, um, I'm going to speed up my personal wealth creation. Uh, what's taken me to do 10 years, I'll probably do in the next three or four. Um, so the types of opportunities, the, the relationships that we've built, uh, but then also as a business is, uh, man, I get a really big kick out of helping other people do what I've done. Um, so, you know, personally, I'm, I'm, you know, my portfolio is doing very, very well, but uh, I'm going to double that, if not triple that, um, and, and obviously help clients do the same. Thank you to Drew Evans, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now. And I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as 6 months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.